Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. It's group therapy for the paranormally affected. Phone number to call in, it's 855-853-4802. You call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you share your real ghost story with us, or you can comment on previous ghost story that we may have shared on the show. I offer your insight or opinion on it. We, of course, welcome your calls, your emails, your letters. You can do that all on the website as well. And of course, RealGhostStoriesOnline.com is the website. Also, the place you can become an EPP. If you enjoy listening to the show, maybe you listen a couple times a week, maybe you listen every day of the week. Maybe you save them up and binge listen. I know a lot of folks do that, and that's always fun. If you enjoy the show, we ask that you please help support the show, and that's where you can become an EPP. It's only 5 bucks a month. You get an extra episode sent exclusively to you because you're an EPP. Uh, Every single week, it equals about 52 extra episodes a year just for you. Great for binge listening, by the way. Uh, And there'll be some other extras uh, coming out to you throughout the year, some exclusive video stuff. And who knows, maybe more than one episode a week uh, as far as bonus goes, especially as we get closer to Halloween and maybe some more extra stuff in there uh, as well. So it's our way of just saying thank you. For, uh, for supporting the show. We do greatly appreciate that. Click the uh, Become an EPP button. You can subscribe to be an EPP through PayPal on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, on today's show, lots of calls, lots of letters, and uh, some really interesting photos that have been sent into us. In fact, a photo that has more orbs in it than I have ever seen in my life in one photograph. And you won't be surprised about where this photo was taken when I tell you about it. I'll tell you where you can see the photo as well in just a little bit uh, here on the show at Real Ghost Stories uh, Online. Let's start out with a little bit of uh, follow-up to some stuff that we've talked about. This person writes in response to your question about dreams giving us a heads up. Yes, they do this to me all the time. The dreams speak to us in what I call mental metaphors. That is, the images are symbolic. If you ever took the time to try and remember your dreams and record them, you'll notice within a few days, usually three, that something will happen that related to what you dreamt. For example, you may dream about uh, a tailor, a person that makes clothes and either dies or gets married. And later, you hear about or read in the paper a person whose last name is Taylor. It either dies or gets married. The premonition may not have anything to do with you, however. Recording dreams and seeing what may happen afterwards is an excellent exercise for anyone wanting to increase their psychic skills. Of course, not all your dreams are prophetic. If you do this long enough, you'll see a pattern emerge between your dreaming and waking self. That's really interesting. I wonder if I should do that, because I can never... Well, I won't say never... But most of the time, I can't remember my dream like after an hour after I wake up. There's a lot of times that, I, you know, I try to think about it because I wanted to tell you about it and yeah. it's gone. I think when I was, uh, 
in my early 20s, I would try and overanalyze my dreams. I'd like take a look at something and be like, well, what if this means that? Or the, I think I just overdid it. It uh-huh. was kind of like, ooh, I'm, you know, coming in, in tune with myself. And like, uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I, I could overdo it. I think there's something to it. Sure. You know, I, I really do. Um, it would be interesting to, to do that. Like actually write things down. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, overanalyze for the sake of trying to find meaning in everything in dreams. Because I think there's a lot of things in dreams that really doesn't mean anything. It's just your mind randomly projecting things out there. Um, but I do think at times there is things that, that do mean things. It's a matter of then being able to, you know, pick, essentially pick and choose what is a meaningful message and what is not. You know, it's just like driving down the highway. There's a ton of trees and sticks and gravel and crap on the side of the road. They don't really mean a whole lot you know, when you compare it to a large road sign that says the exit you need to get off on. It's up to you to decipher what's going to tell you uh, the meaningful bit of information as to where you need to turn. The sign or the sticks? The sign is what's going to... So I think it's kind of the same thing with dreams. It's up to you to decipher what's the meaningful pieces you take out of it. That's deep, Tony. Isn't it, though? That is. <laughs> Isn't that super deep? I like that. We should have some sort of real like aura music playing around me. <laughs> oh, sign and sticks. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, your insight into dreams from the Pudding Poltergeist, ladies and gentlemen. Which, by the way, the Pudding Poltergeist now on a T-shirt. I want one. You, I'll get you one. Okay, I want the baseball T-shirt. It's that's one of the options. Yep, that is one of the options. There's women's and men's shirts, and uh, there's long sleeve and regular sleeve, uh, or short sleeve, um, and they're up on the in the the shop or the store section uh, of Real Ghost Stories online with a great poltergeist graphic that uh, is uh, listener created. Uh, so you can check that out there. I, I got permission. I was like, we put this on a t-shirt because this is hilarious and people have been asking for one for a while. It's great. So you can now can get your very own putting poltergeist apparel uh, in our store. And of course it does a little bit of that goes back to help support the show. Um, and it's just a fun thing for fall. You got the big putting poltergeist thing on the front and the backside has the big real ghost stories online logo. So, and they're black tees for the most part. There's, I think there's like, I think the, uh, the baseball tee is white and has the black sleeves. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, all the other ones are black, but it's a, it's a cool shirt. So check it out in the store. I think we've already sold like four or five of them. So it in just like went a day. up today. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. So it's cool. Uh, and that's up there uh, in the store. Uh, another letter that was written with regards to the lady who had a dream about being in a car with her brother. I had a similar thing happen to me, though it wasn't in a dream state. A few years back, I had tense relations with my mom, and we weren't really on speaking terms. I was in university at the time, and one day, I got this sudden urge to speak to my mom. I can always tell when the letters are coming from the UK. College is university, and mom is mom. Yeah. I'm going to start speaking like that here, because I like it better than what we say. Okay. I do. I'm going to start referring to university and mom. Okay. (laughs) And it was going to be like, what are you doing? Um, it wasn't a feeling of dread. It was feeling of, I need to talk to my mom right now. She lived about 300 miles away from me at the time. So I called her and she answered. I could hear a commotion in the background. She and her boyfriend had been knocked off their motorbike. And my mom was being treated in the back of an ambulance. As I gave, uh, as I have grown older, my mom and I have become a lot closer. A lot of the time we will say the exact same thing at the exact same time. It will be the strangest of things. We still are 300 miles apart. And there have been times when she has known something is up with me without me telling her. Like the time I uh, perforated my eardrum. 
She sent me a text message telling me she had the most excruciating earache in the same ear as my perforated eardrum. That's interesting. I think a lot of people can be, you know, when they're really close to a family member, they can almost have that sympathy pain. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like a mother-child, you know, I, I, I don't say intuition, but it's, it's beyond that almost. It, uh-huh. it is intuition and then some. Yeah. You know, when you can actually feel the pain. It's kind of like the twins thing that we've talked about. You know, it is. We've had some letters on that too. Um, you know, some people saying that they had similar things and, you know, very interesting. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. 855 853 4802. We would absolutely love to hear your real ghost story here at the show that's, uh, interesting enough, called Real Ghost Stories Online. So go figure why we would want to hear your real ghost story. I don't know. Coincidence? Maybe. Let's go to a call. <laughs> Hi, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is David from Rockland, California, again, with a uh, quick story. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was right after I met my current girlfriend. And we've been together for a little while, and we were around the streets of uh, downtown Sac. I think it was after I got done playing a, a show down there. And uh, I was like, hey, let's go over to the old city cemetery. And it was late by that time. Uh, but she, uh, we had probably about 10 or 11, and uh, not a lot of traffic going by. And it's locked up because it's a pretty, uh, it's its old place, it's a, uh, a historical landmark. Awesome cemetery. If you guys ever had a chance to check it out, you should. Anyway, so we're standing at the gate, and it's got a real freaky presence about it. And uh, so I'm, we're standing there at the gate, and, and I'm just talking to the spirits. You know, like, anybody out there? Well, I know that whole streetlight phenomenon thing where people walk by it, they turn on and they turn off in a row. Well, there was a light in the middle of the cemetery, and it started going on and off. So I thought it was a sensor or a timer. But then I started asking it, hey, uh, if you're doing that, make it go on right now. And then it would go on. Okay, now turn it off. And it would turn it off. And for about five minutes, it would do it on command at different times. So it was a little too, I don't know, a little too coincidental. And then uh, suddenly uh, I saw this face pop up. Uh, from the uh, graves on the other side of the, uh, the fence. They're pretty close to the, the edge of the fence. I saw this face and uh, I just, uh, I took Georgette's hand and, and we just, I just started running. And she's like, WTF, man? Yeah. Hey, did you see that? She's like, I don't know. I saw something, but I don't know. I said it was a face. <laughs> anyway, um, that was just interesting. Um, now, nowadays, because I'm much more into it now. I would, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where uh, hindsight, you know, you look back and it's like, well, you know what? If I could do it all over again, I'd go back and I would just sit there and find out what the hell it was after questions. But you know, the time freaked me the hell out. But uh, I don't know. After the time I've been into ghost stuff, I, I don't know. Maybe I really would stop now. And try to figure out what it was, like you know, kicking her tail out of there. <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I don't know what the hell it is. I mean, it's energy of some sort. Who knows what it is? Um, like all time with every answer you get, there's more questions, and, and that's the way it's always been. And I don't think we're ever meant to know what's really going on, but it sure is hell of fun. 
trying to figure it out, isn't it? So anyway, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. All right, thanks for the call. That was a good, uh, good story. I really do appreciate you calling in. And it's one of those things. You know, it's exactly what he said. The more, uh, you know, the more you, you hear stories, the more you have more questions about exactly what it is that's going on. I have a question about the the slider phenomenon. Yeah. Um, is that something that can be like willed, or is that just it? Just happens when it happens. I when it's happened to me and. I think my mom, uh, it's not willed. Okay. It's just, it tends to happen. I don't know if, I mean, maybe it is something that can be honed in, you know, and, and controlled, but I don't know. Um, but for me, it's just always been completely random. Because that was my question with, you know, almost playing the game and the light saying It'd be fun to if, turn it on and turn it off. I, I Great. I was just wondering if that's something that could be willed with enough focus on turning it on or off it would be it would be like uh you were john travolta in phenomenon yeah well he dies does he die in it yeah we never finished Fuck the movie change the world that's great isn't that that song for that movie i think eric so. clapton Babyface. i don't remember the Babyface part of it he was just singing kind of backup vocals on it i think he wrote the song yeah anyway so ah, uh, 1990s movies. Okay. Yeah, I I was just curious. So that's yeah, all I, got. I don't know. I wish uh, I wish I had that power. That would be great. I would totally screw with people. I know. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't have any more power than you have. You would just spend all your time and effort. That's messing all I would with do. People. I would just go out to like Walmart and <laughs> people would be going nuts. You know what? That's like fishing in a barrel to go to Walmart and do that. <laughs> that's not nice. It really would be. It'd be so much fun. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number to call in. Um, We got a letter from the sister of our nurse friend that called in the other day who was really legitimately troubled. Uh, She called into the show uh, essentially just trying to, you know, seek some comfort uh, in the weird happenings that were going on um, in the... uh, It's a hospice home, I believe, that she worked in. It is. Actually, I believe it's an Alzheimer's unit. Alzheimer's unit. And her name's Elizabeth. Okay. Um, Well, uh, Barb wrote in. It says, This picture goes along with uh, the stories my sister reported about. The shadow image appeared after we got home and looked at the pics. When the picture was taken, no one was in that room, which is a storage room, and no one was standing outside the door to create the shadow. We tried recreating the image different ways with lighting, but could not make the image appear. There was also definitely something or someone in that room uh, uh, when uh, when the pic was taken. This is the same room where a couple of employees felt the presence of an angry woman. Hope you enjoy. And we got the picture right here. And I posted it on the website, too, at realghoststoriesonline.com. You go to the pictures uh, section, and you can see the uh, the image up there. What do you think? It looks like a shadow person. Yeah, I mean, is this is this the outline right here? I want to make sure. Is this is that what you're looking at, or are you looking at a different part of the photo? No, that's what I'm looking okay, at. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, because I'm looking at it, and it, it's it's like tempered glass, um, and if if you were just, I think if you're just looking at this photo, you'd be like, oh, that part of the glass is just a little bit darker than the other part. 
But, you know, if they took all those photos and that part of the glass is not darker than the other parts, that is clearly a shadow then that's on there. Right. That's standing out. Um, and that's really interesting if they can't recreate it. And it, it it's weird to create a reflection like that on glass in general. So it is very bizarre. So if you want to see yourself a real life shadow person, um, you can on the website. Yeah. Um, and this is when you look at it and it may be, I mean, I could see it being disturbing to some folks who've seen these things before and going, oh my God, that is what I've seen. Um, because a lot of times you hear stories of shadow people and people seeing them out of their peripheral vision. Or it's such a quick, you know, scattering across the room and you're like, what the hell was that? And you, you kind of kind of second guess yourself and you're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know. If I, I think my mind's playing tricks on me. But this is clearly it's a shadow person in this picture uh, in this door. Now, the photo's up, like I said, in the photo section at realghoststoriesonline.com. So you can go up there and check that out. Um, it's uh, let's see what I labeled it. So I want to make sure you're looking at the correct shadow person photo. I think this is the only shadow person photo I have up there right now. Uh, picture of haunted hospice room is what it is titled, and it's right next to the pudding poltergeist photo. So um, you can check that out at realghoststoriesonline.com. Now we've had a couple of listeners call in, um, both female nurses that work in units. Are we sure we know which which one it is? No, I don't. Okay. I guess not, because when you mentioned that, um, maybe this was not the sister of the one that had the disturbing night the other night, because you're right, we have had a couple. And th- she doesn't say who her sister is. Okay. Um, so so that may not be Elizabeth's sister, but I'm maybe, not sure. Um, I can't remember the name of the other caller that we had, but another lady called in sure. and talked about it. So, um, But one of the two, I mean, they, they both have been having issues in these units and it's you know I, it's funny because I just opened up the door to that one going hey anybody have stories like this oh yeah floodgates open speaking of that if uh, Elizabeth is listening I'd love to hear whether or not you are still working in that that floor if you did yeah. get transferred I'm just curious yeah at least let us know uh, and if you don't want to go on the show again that's absolutely fine um, if you just want to let us know off the air send us an email or, or if you just want to call in and just notate at the front of your call please don't play this and uh, we'll uh, we'll just you know we'll get your message uh, and we can just you know let our, our community know too because everybody's curious about everybody on this show but we do totally respect you know if there's something odd and unexplained going on and, and if you feel that it's uh Tormenting you more, essentially, because you've been sharing stories on the show. We do respect that, and we that's not the intent of our show. Um, the show is just really for, for sharing stories and, if anything, kind of finding some, some solace in these bizarre experiences and, and knowing that you're not alone. Yeah, so, that's always our goal. So, uh, 855-853-4802. Tony and Jenny, here's a pic of numerous orbs, and this is the photo where it's like raining orbs took near the Saxe Bridge in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania last October. The picture was taken on a clear, cold night about 10 p.m. I traveled to Getty- Gettysburg once or twice a year for the history and the ghosts. I have a few other strange pics from there, but haven't been able to determine if they are paranormal or not. One is a face in an old mirror in the uh, Jenny Wade house. Uh, I'll send it uh, if I can uh, rule out that the face is not something natural. We would love to see that, by the way. Uh, thanks and have a great day. Uh, and I put this photo up, too, uh, in the gallery section, the photo section at realghoststoriesonline.com. It's raining orbs. What do you think of that one? I think, um, you know, if you just looked at that, you'd be like, oh, it's snowing. 
Yeah, and and they said it was a completely clear day. And in the outside, I mean, that. yeah, I mean, you can have dust that can produce an orb-like effect, but that's a lot of dust, and that normally does not happen like that in an outside no. photo. I mean, if you were, like, in a real dusty building and took that in the dark, okay, I guess I could see that happening. But uh, this is not that. Um, again, take a look at it. Tell us what you think. It's up in the gallery section at Real Ghost Stories Online, simply titled Orbs in Gettysburg. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Click on the Photos button, and you can see those photos for yourself. You have a real uh, ghost story photo you'd like to uh, send us with a story or just a photo, uh, feel free to do it. You can email me direct, Tony, T-O-N-Y, at RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. That's where you can send your photos. We would love to see them and share them with our community. Let's go to another caller at Real Ghost Stories Online at 855-853-4802. Hi, Tony and Jen. Um, This is Tiffany from Delaware. Um, I've always been nervous about calling because um, I never would, I don't think I really have had anything paranormal happen to me. And I've always kind of, like Tony said, I kind of wished that I would have that. I know it would scare the living crap out of me, but I want to have. I want to have an experience. I want to have some kind of experience to go off of. Um, so today I'm telling um, my grandfather's story. My mom and pop pop. Since I was six years old, um, you know, my parents had moved in with them too because they had. Uh, my mom had uh, gotten very sick um, at the age of like sixty something. Um, a couple of years ago, about, I think, three or four now, she passed away. I was very close to her. And she was always very, um, in the nicest way I can say, she was she wore the pants in the family. She was the boss. So, um, you know, my pop up was more the submissive one. Um, so shortly after she died, you know, we always thought pop up was a little, little crazy. But um, in the best way, I mean, we loved him for his craziness. Um, she would always yell at him for falling asleep in the middle of the day on the couch. So um, one day, you know, he's sitting there laying down on the couch, and he has his, well, actually, he was sitting on the couch. So if you're laying down, it's okay to be sleeping. If you're sitting there, you're sitting with family, it's rude to fall asleep in her mind. So he's got his hand, you know, up on his, uh, up under his chin and his arm out on the, um, on the armrest of the couch. And, um, all of a sudden, his, his hand flies out from under his face, and he looks around, um, and he's like, he, he, sorry, he calls to um, my mom, and, you know, her name is also Betty, named after my mom. Um, he goes, Betty, did you grab my arm? And, you know, my mom was out in the kitchen, and she was like, no, Dad, I didn't touch you. So we have a feeling that was my mom doing what she always did, smacking his arm from under his face, saying, wake up, Perry, that's rude. Um, you know, numerous other times, you know, they, you, as you guys say, get closer to the other side as you get closer to, you know, as you get older, closer to death, so to speak. Um, and he is in a nursing home now, and he is, you know, reaching the end of his days with kidney failure. And it's, um, you know, he has dementia, too. So it's it's hard to tell what is really paranormal with him and and if it is that or if it's just his dementia but he is constantly talking about you know 
we won't even be in the room and he'll be talking to my Uncle Joe who passed before my mom or members of his family that I never met. He, you know, was saying about Lily or whatever. And Lily was his mom's name. And I don't even know why he refers to her as Lily. But um, it's just some interesting stuff. I really love listening to your guys' podcast. Um, it totally freaks me out uh, when I'm home alone. I'm like, I can't listen to it because it's so scary, but I love it. Um, so I really hope this makes it on the air. Um, I was really nervous about calling because, like I said, I've never considered myself to have any kind of paranormal stuff. And then it just kind of occurred to me as I was listening to your podcast. So keep it up. There we go. Her phone cut out. Oh, okay. But it was at least at the end of the call. So. Yeah. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story. It's always interesting with folks at that time in their life, and we've talked about this before. It's, again, kind of the beginning and the end is when people, for whatever reason, seem to be most susceptible to seeing and communicating freely, it seems, with the other side. Yeah. I, I just wish there was a way we could know how much of it is a medical thing and how much of it is actually yeah. communicating with the other side. We'll never know that, but sure. Yeah. We talk about that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, got a letter in here from uh, Monty. Monty writes in, uh, it started in the middle of 2006 when I moved into a yellow painted house with my aunt Rita. I couldn't help but feel the silent evil presence in the house upon walking into the home. What creeped me out the most was that we found demonic symbols and drawings and burnt paper in and out of the house, and it wasn't something I was into. I don't like finding such things while moving in my little cousins. Uh, They would also tell you of shadows they'd seen following them in the night. I didn't see such a thing at night, thinking maybe they were dreaming or having a nightmare, but I was wrong. That's when one night my little cousin, Tanisha and Neek woke me up late at night telling me of a black shadow stalking the room door. I was kind of half asleep, fully waking up to see the shadow walking back and forth through the hallway. I told them to tell it that it couldn't be here and and then it left. But that was the start of it. I was targeted after that night. I began to hear and see things. I was being hunted. The demonic force was attacking me in my sleep day and night, and I was not getting the proper sleep. I barely ate either. It became a living nightmare. The only relief I got was when I left the house, but that was short-lived. I became severely depressed, not wanting to do anything. I tried telling my friends, a pastor at church, that I was being attacked by demonic forces, yet they didn't help, but I continued to be attacked for months, which was slowly killing me. One thing I do remember was that on October 28th, uh, I felt I was possessed by a demon, something I never want to feel again. It was like I was watching myself from the inside. My cousin Janie was reading the Bible. I felt myself growing angry for some reason. It's when I felt myself wanting to rip it apart. I felt my body go into the dining room, sitting down, begging to rock uncontrollably, which I wasn't in control of myself. That's when my cousin asked if I was all right and said my face was contorting and twisting into a sadistic smile. Then I lunged at her. After that, I walked outside and was normal again, which wasn't something I would have done, but... I was under control of a demon, I believe. 
This isn't the only paranormal activity I have suffered from. Okay, so I want to know how you got through that and and how you got past it because it sounds like you are back to your old self. How did that end? And does the demon also prohibit you from putting periods at the end of sentences? Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people use the, the voice to text thing and it doesn't... Great! It doesn't you, can always... say, you can say period. I know. You have to. It's just... It's, it's just an say... extra step. You made Aww. it. You made it through the story. I did. Yeah. Barely. Okay. Not nice. Well, I appreciate the story, but again, a lot of folks write in and do take the time to either say period or press the button, and it really makes it, the stories much better when you when you put a period. I just need to let the listeners know that you are not the king of grammar. I'm not. It's not a grammar thing. It's a period thing. I mean, I can I can deal with bad grammar. And, and someone saying things in, in different terms. I'm cool with that, but I just... When, you, when you're trying to read something out loud, knowing where okay. to start and stop, that's the most important thing. Because that's where you need to, like, you can see in advance where the inflection should go, where a sentence ends. You know what? I think we're going to start getting letters scribbled on a big cheap <laughs> tablet and scanned into us. No, I've had a lot of folks actually say that they very much agree with me because there are so many letters that do come in that it should simply, in fact, there's people on the message board talking about that where it should simply be, you know, a lot of us are taking the time to write in good letters. You know, uh, maybe we should uh, screen out the ones that don't have periods. <laughs> you know, and I'm almost to that point. You know, it, it's not hard just to put a period at the end of a sentence. I appreciate everyone writing in. I really do. It's great, but... Please, just period. That's all I ask. And, and it's not a paragraph thing, because somebody brought that up, too. When you, when you write a letter into the show, the way that, however the system processes it and gets it to us, it pretty much takes out paragraphs, which is fine. But periods. You can still put those in. Okay. Okay? All right. Periods. Feel better? I do. A little okay. bit. Buy somebody a wee. There you go. <laughs> 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories to real ghost stories online. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Yes, sir. Hi. Good morning. I have uh, been listening to your, your program, and uh, actually I, I find it quite interesting. I think you're very open-minded, and uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about an experience my wife and I had. My wife and I live in central Missouri. We uh, had looked for a home for quite a while, never quite found anything that would uh, reflect our uh, our way of life that we wanted to live out in the country, rural, uh, lots of space. Well, we finally found a home, and it had at one time been a nursing home. It had been it was actually owned by the county and had been uh, shut down for uh, several years, and. Uh, I was astonished at, at the number of bids that had been put in on it. Nobody, nobody seemed to be interested in the property. And it seemed to offer everything a person would want. We had acreage and, as I said, a really large area that we could expand into develop residence. And uh, so my wife and I put in a ridiculously little bid. We uh, we just thought we would test the waters, and we bid about half of the property's value. And uh, and we were the high bidder immediately. Immediately, we were homeowners. Well, uh, as I mentioned, my my wife and I we moved into this place, big, big, big place, 
and it also had a apartment at the end of our residence where the I guess the administrator or whoever the manager of the facility lived, and uh, and it's an independent apartment. It's accessible through our in- interior of our home as well as a separate private entrance way out back. My wife and I thought that we would uh, we would as, as we were remodeling, we thought that we would. Uh, rent the property or rent the, uh, the the little apartment down the, at the end of the house and uh, bring a little extra income in. Well, we found a tenant right away that was interested in it, and actually he had a roommate, two two gentlemen. They moved into our apartment, and uh, we we started having some strange occurrences. Uh, we we uh, our televisions would come on. Uh, at night, and, uh, you know, we. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm a very, very uh, practical guy. Uh, I've been a law enforcement officer most of my life. I um, uh, so you more or less have to see things to believe them. I thought a dog may have got on the remote control on the couch or something like this, and the uh, uh, TV would be turned on. Uh, radios would turn on. Lights seemed to dim and and then come back on very brilliantly. You know unexpectedly, just, just strange things like that. Uh, we would hear noises, and then we started, even, it, and we had to convince ourselves that we weren't having some type of visual hallucination. In the corner of our eyes, we'd be uh, going down the hallway, and we would see movement, and we would look, and there would be nothing there. And, I mean, this was happening so frequently. We, we really didn't have a good understanding of what was going on. It was it was very strange. We uh, we had our, our fire alarm system, was, as I mentioned, being a nursing home. When one fire alarm went off, the entire residence went off, and it was loud like being in a hospital whenever a, a, a fire drill's done. Well, they would go off in the middle of the night randomly at different times. Sometimes you'd just be getting into bed, it'd go off. Sometimes you'd be in the midst of a dead sleep, they'd go off. And you'd get up, TVs would be turned on. I'm talking multiple TV sets turned on and uh, and different things. We even found our oven turned on one time. We, uh, we were really concerned about this. And uh, one particular evening, we... Uh, we had a really violent thunderstorm that came through, and it actually knocked the uh, lightning blast, knocked the power out here at our residence. Well, I knew the two guys that were living in the apartment uh, had jobs, and, and they had to be on time for work. So I went down to, to make sure that they knew the power had been out and could reset their alarms. And this was uh, in the uh, late afternoon, early evening. I went and knocked on these people's door. And uh, there was no answer. I knocked again. There was no answer. And we had an, an agreement with Ruth that if there was an emergency or something like this, I could uh, enter their apartment. I used my master key, and I was just going to put a note in there that, that told him, hey, your clock not need to be reset, and that was going to be the extent of it. When I opened the door to the apartment, I was kind of alarmed because the first thing I saw was a pentagram had been drawn. Uh, It looked like out of a flower-like substance on the floor. And there were all kinds of of candles, multicolored. Most of them were black, but but a variety of different candles. Uh, In the bookshelf just adjacent to where they had this pentagram on the floor was a... uh, was a, a menagerie of books about this Titanic Bible, all these different things. 
and uh, it really, really, really alarmed me. I, uh, I just did not want to have that particular type of emotion going through my home. So I, the next day, I uh, talked to the gentleman, and I told him, I said, listen, you know, this is a, uh, not something we want practiced in our home, and I think it would be best if we just parted company, and you go your way, and we go ours. Well, he he did. He he moved out. He and his roommate, and then I had uh, two people from our church come over and bless my home. Uh, they came in and read read several prayers out of the Bible. Went from room to room, and uh, and and blessed the house. The very night that they blessed my house, they left my residence, and. Uh, the older of the two men, they, they went immediately to their homes, which were probably about 10 miles from my house. The old man got out of the car to go into his home. The younger man had dropped him off. He walked, didn't make it to the front steps, had a massive heart attack, and died uh, about 10 minutes after he'd left my house. The second man, on his way home that very night, he dropped the gentleman off. He didn't notice that the guy had fallen down. He just he was drove on home. As he was on his way home, he was in a terrible car accident, and he died. We were just devastated. These were two people in our church that had just come to bless our home, and it was a really sad state of affairs. We, uh, it was, oh, it was just horrible. We, we... Things at our house started becoming incredibly bizarre. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking. Uh, my wife, my wife was very alarmed. She, uh, you know, wouldn't didn't want to even be in the house by herself. We have uh, several German shepherds, and uh, one of them was a former work dog, and uh, so the dogs were pretty much fearless in human context. They had started sleeping in a closet and wouldn't come out. Wouldn't come out of the closet. And uh, would not come would not come down the hallway. They would just stand and look straight down the hallway. Their hackles on the back would stand completely up, and they would growl at something that we could not see. And it really, really spooked us. One night, the radio kept. We have a radio in our kitchen, and the radio kept going off and on, off and on, off and on. And my wife uh, happened to be here alone. My wife got up and actually came into the uh, the kitchen and unplugged the radio from the electricity. Uh, she took the uh, batteries out of the remote control and unplugged the television. Now, my wife will swear, and I will tell you this, my wife is as honest as day is long. My wife went back to bed, and about 15 minutes after she went back to bed, the radio in the kitchen that she had unplugged turned on and started playing, and the television set came back on. Fire alarms went off. My wife said, that's enough. I'm not having, not doing this anymore. So we uh, contacted some friends of ours, and uh, one of them was a spiritualist that, that did this particular type of work and, you know, for homes and different places that were having these problems. And it was just a terrible feeling that hung over our house. But, I mean, it was so melancholy, and, and just it was, actually it was just outright spooky and lonely. You just didn't want to be here. You had a really bad taste in your mouth, and I know a lot of that could be exacerbated by everything that it happened, but my wife and I, we really felt that there was something truly, truly spooky going on, and it was beyond our scope of understanding. Being religious, you know, we would uh, we would order 
whatever we thought was present to get behind us in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and tactics like that seemed to work on the short term, but uh, they always came back. And when they came back, they came back with a veracity that was just, it was really crazy. I mean, uh, just crazy things would happen. Basement lights uh, would go up and on. Appliances down there, uh, shop tools that I had would come on. It was just crazy. Well, the spiritualist came over to our residence and was going to do a blessing. And we had talked to her uh, on the telephone. And, uh, you know, she uh, she said, yes, uh, no problem. We told her about the death of the two members of our church. And she uh, came over to the house. She wouldn't come in the front door. She started to and said, I can't do this. And we were like, what do you mean you can't do this? And she said, I'm not strong enough to do this. You've got something really bad here, and I need uh, somebody else that, that has a little bit more expertise. I, I won't even go in, is what she said. Well, you know, that really puts a sour taste in your mouth. You know, all of a sudden you have a spiritualist you've told the story to, and you don't know if she's over-dramatizing based on what you said, but suddenly she won't even come in your cotton picking house. Then... Uh, she said that she was going to meet with some people and that they would discuss it and she'd get back with us. Well, they did. About 10 days later, three individuals came to our home and they had uh, smoke and different things and they, it, was, it was oriented by uh, more towards the Native American or, you know, kind of like the, uh, the temples of, you know, Asia or, you know, just the rites that they did. We, uh, we had them do it, and, uh, and our problems uh, seemed to uh, miraculously go away. We, uh, we had never experienced anything like that in our lives. We didn't see, uh, we didn't see anything per se, like I said, with the exception of out of the corner of our eyes here and there, and we didn't know what was going on. But I will say this, that we got involved haphazardly by somebody else's practices in the black arts, I guess that's what they're called. But we uh, did not feel that it was uh, uh, within our best interest. We would have moved out of our home if necessary to keep that, that from following us or whatever we had to do. Uh, it's been boring, and I'm sorry if I took up too much of your time, but thank you very much for listening, and I do enjoy your program. You have a nice evening. Goodbye. That wins uh, one of the best call awards. It does. <laughs> that, that was the farthest thing from boring. I hate that yeah. that you lost two friends. That is horrific. Yeah. Um, no, that's one of the best calls we've ever had. Yeah. I got nothing other than, okay. oh, my God. Well, I was thinking there's a couple things going on there. For one... Yeah. Nursing homes don't have the best energy anyway. I was thinking it was going to be like ghosts of the nursing home. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I I, I think I, I kind of get where you're going where there may already have been some kind of dark energy there uh-huh. to begin with. And then you got the uh, tenants from hell. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, that are essentially stirring that pot up and calling more in and it's all just kind of feeding itself and creating something really dark see I was thinking there was almost two things going on because obviously there's the demonic stuff going on and I feel like that is definitely what was brought in by the tenants and probably unfortunately what caused those two men their lives but I also kind of feel like some of the less dangerous and more annoying stuff is almost like more what we see in nursing homes stuff being turned on and off 
sure. you know, and not not just pure evil, just paranormal. Although sometimes when you have something that's super dark, um, you know, if it was responsible for killing those two people, sometimes um, it, it, it tries to get your attention in little ways, you know, so you engage it, and then it can essentially, you engage it, that's your invite into it. Okay. Um, but it could just also be a case where there's multiple things going on at one time, too. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, I'm happy you're out of there, because I don't think that would have ended well for you had you stuck around. They're not out of there. Are oh, they not out of there? No, they got it fixed. I thought he said he left at the end. Did I, I misunderstand that? I think you misunderstood. I thought that they had... He the, said it got it the, fixed. Those but, three people came in. Okay. I don't. I don't think they left. I thought he said they would have left. Oh, would have left. Okay, I'm sorry. Maybe I misunderstood. Well, I'm glad it's done. Yeah, I'm, uh, gl- I'm glad it's not affecting you anymore. And that says a lot coming from... I mean, it says a lot from anybody, but from somebody who... I mean, law enforcement officers, they are, just like he said, they have to see it before they believe it. Yeah. You know the uh, that book uh, that I'm reading right now, "Deliver Us from Evil," is the one that was based that that movie was based on that just came out not too long ago about the New York cop that uh, goes around uh, who's a demonologist. Um, very good book. Yeah. Um, uh, about what he saw and the work that he did uh, and some of the cases that he was involved with. Um, get the book. I have not seen the movie yet. Um, it, it's it's out of the theaters, but it comes out I think on DVD on the 28th. Okay. Uh, this is not a plug for the book or the movie. We're not getting paid for that. Um, I'm just saying I want to see the movie. Um, but the uh, the book, if you're interested, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this show, you would probably be interested in that book. Um, but I'm doing the audio book right now, and uh, it's uh, it's good. Okay. It's it's very very interesting on on that topic, um, and, and coming from a police officer standpoint of you know. You know, see it to believe it and, you know, kind of weaning out the things that are, you know, not so, you know, real and then the things that are very real but are very unexplained. Yeah. It's very interesting. Anyhow, uh, that was a great call. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, if you have more, we'd love to hear it, but for your sake, I hope you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it sounds like you went through a lifetime's worth of horrible things. Uh, in that place, but uh, if you have any, you know, specific stories of, uh, you know, you said you had a lot of things that went on in that house. If you'd like to elaborate on any of those, uh, great storyteller. We would, uh, we would be very much uh, open to hearing those accounts. The phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. If you've not done so yet, please press the subscribe button to our show, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio. You'll never miss an episode. that will be sent right to you, and that also helps us grow the show, lets more folks know you like the show, and uh, helps us uh, you know, go up there in those rankings. So thank you in advance for doing that. This letter starts out, Hi, Tony and Jenny. You recently read my story on your uh, radio show, your episode, Demon Haunts Toddler. I hope you remember. I think I do. Okay. It was about a memory that I have that I can't possibly be my memory because I didn't exist at the time. Remember this one? I think so. After hearing your thoughts on my experience, I had to talk with my family to see if there's anything else that I can remember from before I was born. Thought back to my earliest memories... And a few were legit memories. Remember, there were a few that weren't. There are only three so far. I'll share them with you now. First memory. 
Again, I was about two or three. I feel like I'm a child at a hospital. It was very dark and dull. There were only about five or six children at the same room as me. I can see my mother staring through the window at the door at all the children. I'm on a rocking horse, struggling to rock it back and forth, so it's only moving slightly. There's a little boy about one or two sat in the distance staring at me on the rocking horse. I see my mother place her focus on him. She then proceeds to ask someone if the little boy was all right. Once I had told my mother this memory, she knew exactly what I was talking about. Before I was born, she wanted to adopt. This was actually an orphanage, and she can remember staring at the little boy who was watching the rocking horse because he looked completely bewildered. She did tell me that there wasn't anybody on the rocking horse. She said that the look on the little boy's face has always haunted her. That's That's weird. Second memory. In this one, I'm about five or six. I can remember smelling cigarette smoke from my mother's room. The smell of cigarette smoke to me is so comforting because it reminds me of my mother's hugs. The doors in the house are very heavy, solid wooden doors. I really struggled to open them, so I sat outside tapping on the door for her to let me in. The room goes quiet, and my dad opens the bedroom door. I look up at him. He doesn't see me, and he then shuts the door on me. Both my mother and father remember this because they tell me the story to their friends as they thought they were haunted. They thought the knocking on the door was a ghost, and they were both shocked to hear that it could have actually been me. I don't know how. That's very... It's like this person was a ghost before they were born. Yeah, so it's... Okay, so it's like... Very confusing. Okay. It's like the opposite of reincarnation. It's precarnation. Okay, there you go. Instant breakfast. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> it goes on. Third memory. Now, this memory was actually... <laughs> I'm sorry, instant breakfast. Now, this memory was actually brought up by my father. After our discussion, he asked me if I could remember walking into his bedroom when I was about two with an empty packet of ham in my hands. <laughs> we go into food. Uh, At first, I didn't remember, but after a deep thought, I managed to recall the event. This didn't feel as vivid as my other memories for some reason. My father said he actually dreamt this the same day my mother told him that she was pregnant. He said he dreamt that he saw their bedroom door open and he came uh, and in came waddling a little girl with a handful of curls and bright pink lips holding an empty packet of ham. From that day, he told everyone that they were having a baby girl despite not knowing the gender. I remember walking into my parents' room with an empty packet of ham. I can even remember the taste of the ham in my mouth. He said that he remembered this dream because I was about three years old. He was staring at me playing with my toys. That's when it clicked that I was the girl in the dream. I had the big curly hair and bright pink lips that the little girl had in the dream. The ham of the story is so important because between the ages of two and six, I was addicted to ham. Ham was my favorite food, and it's such a key characteristic of me as a child. Unfortunately, that's how I managed to get out of our conversation. All memories are from before I was born. If anything else arises, I'll be sure to let you know. Thank you again for reading my story. Keep up the good work. That's fascinating, but I have no idea what that is. Precarnation. Is that a word? I don't know. 
I've only heard of reincarnation, which is like become, you know, obviously after death, you become something else. It's like you're kind of in the layover section of uh, being born and your spirit's there. Yeah. And you're just kind of waiting. The time's not quite right. So you're still hanging out, haunting your family. I wonder if Harper haunted us for a little while at all before we had her. You know, she might have because I dreamt a couple of times that we were having a redhead. And we did. Yeah, we did. Remember I told you that I dreamt we had a redhead. Yeah. She's going to suddenly start speaking about all these things that we did. Yeah. She'll be like, were we playing karaoke in the basement before I was born? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you for the letter. I have no idea what that is. If anyone has any insight into exactly what that phenomenon would be called, or if anyone has anything similar, uh, do call or write in. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to another call. Hi. Well, good evening, Brewskies. I really do enjoy your last name. Uh, Listen, my name is uh, Tracy, and I'm calling from Santa Rosa, California. And uh, I'm calling to kind of give you an understanding as to an experience that happened to me in particular in regards to my daughter. Um, We have been living in this house for the past 12 years and uh, haven't had any... unexplained phenomenon going on all 12 years up until just the reason why I'm calling just recently. Now we've moved, we used to live in a house that used to have activity in it all the time. So we do have an understanding and as far as that is concerned, um, uh, but we definitely wanted to make sure that this house did not, and it didn't, it felt very good and clean. Okay, so I think it was about four months ago that uh, my you know young teenage daughter who is roughly who just turned I would say 13 and um, she you know she is very lively young lady very uh, she's a Gemini so she has a lot of uh, she has several faces if you will she can be very boisterous and and uh, funny on one side and very serious and uh, on another but um, Nonetheless, you know, I just kind of noticed that every time that she would, like, leave the kitchen or leave our presence, I would, and, and, and then disappear out of sight, I would feel as if somebody was walking quickly by me. So the, the breeze of uh, that person or whatever walking by me would, you know, happen. So, of course, I would, uh, well, that's uh, that's the window being open. It's the wind. And I would talk my uh, myself into anything other than what it probably was. So, uh, one night, it, it, you know, I was talking to my daughter in the kitchen, and she left out of the kitchen. And, you know, we finished our conversation. She left. And then the breeze thing happened. So, I'm like, mm-hmm. Well, I need to test this out to see if it's if it's not just me or if it was something that was happening. I did notice that none of the windows were open. Uh, anyway, so I called her back into the kitchen, and of course, you know, she has her. You know, I'm I'm bugging her, so she is. Uh, <laughs> 
a little annoyed with me, but nonetheless, I say, mm, give me a hug and a kiss, and, and she does, and then she leaves out of the kitchen and gets out of sight, and the breeze thing happens. So I'm like going, okay, that that was for sure. So I then start uh, talking into the air, hey, could you leave my daughter alone? She's very young, and I don't want you scaring her. Now, um, of course, my wife asked me who I was talking to, and I then told her what I was experiencing and then told her that I was going to have to, maybe, you know, I'd heard uh, about smudging and, you know, getting some white sage and, you know, basically, you know, kind of walking around the house and, you know, clearing the house of negative energy. And that's basically what I did was walk around the house and, you know, at first I got the white sage and walked around the house and, and, and <clears throat> basically said out loud, I clear the house of negative energy and wish for those who are present to move on. And uh, did this in every corner of the house. Now, um, mind you, when I felt the breeziness of <laughs> the environment, I didn't necessarily feel any negativity that was going on. Um, I didn't feel like I was afraid or anything like that. It was just the breeziness. So... Um, nonetheless, so uh, I do the smudging and, and clear the, the area. And ever since I did that, nothing else has happened. Um, and, that, and at least none of the breeziness and, or any uh, strangeness has happened. So and, um, now I have a bunch of questions in regards to uh, the smudging and all that other good stuff because in listening to the uh, programs, um, you know, like uh, the recent program with Joe talking about smudging, uh, now I'm kind of confused as to did I do the right thing? It, you know, I, I feel that... That there's no more breeziness happening in and around my daughter uh, or the house uh, for that matter but I just wondered if um, you know I did the right thing um, now what I can do is uh, call you back uh, later on and give you some of the stories that we had uh, experienced in the house before we moved into our current house and that house like I said <laughs> It was very active. Uh, but nonetheless, Bruce Gates, thank you very, very much for your time and for this uh, this program. Uh, I, I found it by happenstance, and I'm so glad that I did and been turning on everybody to it ever since. So keep up the good work, and uh, uh, a shout-out to everybody that's uh, listening that are out there helping those who, uh, like you, uh, are uh, going through a little uh, time. That is not an EVP. I am at, I'm at work, so that was a, a little timer uh, needing for me to get uh, going to check uh, rounds. Um, um, uh, the, speaking of EVP, that uh, that that EVP that was at Joe's on Joe's phone call. I was at work when I heard that episode, and I was he was talking, and I heard that. And I was like, "What the hell was that?" But nonetheless, this is a very good uh, uh, avenue or venue, and I thoroughly appreciate you guys. I hope you do well, and love, and hugs and kisses to you all. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Well, thank you so much for your call and definitely call back. I do want to hear all about your house that you lived in before the one that you're in now. Um, I'm a Gemini too, so I completely understand what you were trying to say about how we can be different people on different days. So can I. <laughs> you're not uh, a Gemini, but... No, but I can li- I live with one. <laughs> yes, you live with one. Sometimes it's like a double date, isn't it? It is kind of. So anyway, um, you know, I understand your question on the smudging thing. And we've had two different points of view. One, that it helps clear out the energy and that it's a positive thing that it really can't hurt. And then we've heard also that sometimes it, you know, is used to help identify the demons um that's more of i think what joe was saying and almost can stir things up if i'm understanding yeah um it's two varying points of views on this just as there is on most things on the topics that we talk about not really a clear answer so it's kind of one of those where i just say uh travel at your own risk (laughs) of whatever you're going to do because i you know again it's one of those things where I think it's relative to your belief system and and you know where you're going with it, right? Honestly, so um, so I'd say if it you know if it ended the the unusual breeziness when your daughter left your presence and you haven't had anything else happen, I'd say okay, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, I'm not going to say oh you did the wrong thing because I don't know. I've never smudged um, just because I'm kind of confused too. You know, there, there's such different points of view and I'll be honest we're lucky I don't have to smudge right now there's much pudding here. yeah anyway um the other thing I want to say is that I don't know how old your daughter is but you might kind of keep an eye as she enters her teens or early you know the the tween years um that can kind of cause things to stir up a little bit too as they start to deal with the hormones and the changes and everything um we've talked about that quite a bit that might be part of the reason that it seems to be centered around her Mm -hmm. so i i don't know how long that can last is that like end by like early 20s or do you know i think it's really is kind of relative to the individual okay i know and how long they're emotionally out of balance essentially sure until they can kind of get that under control so you're in for an Amityville of a time for a little while there. No, don't say that. <laughs> Flies are going to start appearing. Not true. Priests coming to your house and you're like, get out. No. Like, but oh, it's just my teenage daughter. It's just something to keep in mind as you Crawling are going through that. And you may have already been through that anyway. That's all I've got. Yeah, thank you for the call. Thank you for the stories. Um, it's very interesting, uh, interesting call. And we would love to hear your stories of the uh, the, the previous house you lived in because it sounds like you have some experience there. Um, it's always good when we get calls from folks who are like just really matter of fact about what's going on. It's like, oh, we know about this. So it's kind of. I like that because it's not like shocking that things are going on. It's more so let's discuss this rationally. And we're talking rationally about a somewhat irrational topic. Right. Um, but that's, I think, the only way you can really kind of get a grasp on what is going on. Right. So thank you for the call and, uh, and your story. We'd love to hear more of them. 855-853-4802. One more call before we uh, wrap up the show for today. Hi. Hi. Uh, good evening, Jenny and Tony Bruski. Um, my name is Ahmad Yus. I'm calling you guys from uh, Benicia, California. Um, I have a story. I have actually two stories, uh, one that happened to me just recently and 
one that happened to me when I was um, a young boy back um, in East Africa. Uh, let me start off with the uh, with the story that happened to me in East Africa. Um, I was like around 12 years old, and me and my brother we shared this one room. And um, let me mind you um, that the room had a table, two tables, and two chairs. And um, that night, my mother told us to sleep early because there were guests coming over to the house. And um, me and my brother, we went to sleep that night early, like around nine o'clock. And um, what happened was um, something like around 11 o'clock at night, I think, um, I heard voices and I woke up. But I was somewhat drowsy and I found these two figures standing over me, looking at me. They were completely black. They were blacker than the room. And um, they're of light to my door. And I still couldn't see them, but as a little kid, I assumed that they were my um, my father and my uncle. And um, as I was laying there, I just had this drowsy look and they were like bent over, over me. And they weren't um, looking at my brother, so I was looking at them, and I actually thought that they were my uncle and my father, so I, I greeted them, but I was drowsy. Next minute I know, I woke up in the morning, and my brother across from me was sound asleep, but the two chairs that were um, in the very, the two chairs that I had that were in the very end were like moved right between both of us facing the window and I woke up confused wondering like why those two chairs were facing the window between us so I got up walked up to the kitchen and I asked my mom hey mom um, what happened did my father and my uncle come by and visit me that night and um, my mother looked at me and she said uh, nobody came visited you um, they were both in the living room all night and, they, and then my uncle left so I was kind of confused so I didn't um, think about it so much um other than that the one that happened to me just recently was like about a week ago after hearing your show i love your show and um this it happened like around 4 30 at night i was fast asleep and i had this horrible dream a horrible nightmare and i woke up in a cold sweat so i went back to sleep immediately and as soon as I went back to sleep, this image popped into my head, this complete dark image popped into my head. And this voice on my left of my ear, plus mind you, my room was very cold that night, but I felt this warm breath on my left ear telling me in a mocking tone, uh, here is your Lord. And I opened my eyes and I couldn't move for a split second, but I mustered up some sort of energy and I was upset because I actually thought it was one of my brothers that were coming to my room and mocking me or trying to make fun of me or something or trying to play a weird joke and I swung at whatever was on the left of me and I couldn't find it and I stayed up all night. It happened like around 4.30 a.m. I didn't go back to sleep. So um, this is my two stories, guys. Um, I appreciate you guys. Um, listening to me and I love your show and I can't wait to be a member uh, you guys have a wonderful day and keep up the good work bye 
Thank you for calling in and sharing your story. And thank you in advance for becoming an EPP. That is uh, an extra podcast person where you get the extra podcast every single week. Equates to about 52 extra episodes for our EPPs every single year. It's only five bucks a month. Or you can do about 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month if you can afford it, if you want to. It's up to you, but it only takes five bucks. It's really whatever you uh, you feel the show uh is worth to you and it all helps uh, support the show and allows us to keep doing this show for you every single day uh, and put out those free episodes for you we just want to give you a little something extra for uh, being one of those folks that uh, is helping financially support the show and allowing us to uh, continue to put it out there so there you go anything you'd like to add before we uh, wrap up the uh, the episode for today i don't think so you good i'm good that was i'm still kind of hung up on the uh the call of uh, the nursing home that the guy bought, and that was, yeah. Okay, we got to figure out what to call that story because I think that's probably what the episode name's going to be. It's one of the best, yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 up there, I think, with the uh, the zombie ghost clown. Yeah, yeah. right up there. So. Uh, again, uh, if uh, you have a ghost story, give us a buzz, 855-853-4802, or, of course, right into the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And I hope you become an uh, EPP as well. Find out all about that on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Until next time, thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>